This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Yes, that is me, your host, Douglas Everett. And I guess it's time to admit, being that we're in our 10th year in the air, that Douglas Everett is, is not my real name. I only chose that name to make it sound more show-busy. In fact, my real name is Shecky Fleckman. Actually, we stole that joke from a comedian named Dave Maxey, and I thought it prudent to fess up in case Dave's listening. One of our Los Angeles correspondents, Mr. Donald Rose, once was on the same comedy bill as Mr. Maxey. And after he told us that joke, well, it was just too darn good not to steal. Now that we presented it with attribution, I guess it's no longer a theft. At least that's the theory we're working on. Anyway, we're going to take a look back at 2012 and maybe a look forward to 2013. Lucky 2013. And we'll, during the course of this show, hopefully be joined by some, uh, some of our friends. But if our friends are too busy, we'll we'll manage without them. And we will start, as we always do, with On This Date in History. Our date in question is the 3rd of January. Oh, and by the way, yesterday, January 2nd, marked the Earth's closest approach to the sun. We are closest on about January 2nd. We are furthest on about July 2nd. This does amount to a significant difference in solar energy between these two dates, with the difference being like something like 8%. And why is it so cold this time of year, you ask? Cold in January when we're closest to the sun? Well, the answer is quite simple, really. It's due to the Earth's axial tilt. For more information on that, consult the Internet. And by the way, I think, you know, axial tilt would probably be a good name for a punk band. Well, the lead singer, at any rate. But let us commence with, on this date in history, as it turns out, January 3rd was not a particularly red-letter day, as you'll see in a minute by our selections. Starting with, on January 3rd in 1521, Pope Leo X issues a papal bull, Decet Romanium Pontificum, which excommunicates Martin Luther from the Catholic Church. We warned you. On January 3rd, 1833, Great Britain retook control of the Falkland Islands following diplomatic and military conflicts with Spain and some other claimants. Here's one that's legitimate. January 3rd, 1868, heralding the birth of a modern Japan, patriotic samurai from Japan's outlying domains join with anti-shogunate nobles in restoring the emperor to power after 700 years. Young Emperor Meiji moved the royal court to Tokyo dismantled feudalism, and enacted widespread reforms along Western models, which caused Japan to rocket forward into being a first world nation. You know, that term is kind of becoming a little bit obsolete. We hardly ever hear the term third world anymore, which is probably becoming pretty politically incorrect. Dating back to the Cold War, there was the first war, Western nations, the communist bloc, the second world, and the third world were the Non-aligned nations. I guess the better term for most of them today would be kleptocracies. And when I refer to the world's non-aligned nations as kleptocracies, 
That editorial content and opinion does not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the University of California. In fact, it's pretty clear that none of the opinions you ever hear on this program necessarily represent those of the University of California, even when they should, which I hasten to add is just my opinion. Continuing along, January 3rd, 1899. Again, not exactly a house of fire day in world history. On this date, an editorial in the New York Times makes reference to an automobile. It is the first known use of the word. Here's an odd one. On January 3rd, 1946, the German propagandist William Joyce, called Lord Ha Ha, was hanged in London for treason. He was the son of an English father and an Irish-American mother and a Nazi convert who fled from England to Germany as World War II began and made weekly broadcasts from 1939 to 1945. And clearly, during those six years, ticked off a lot of people, causing him to swing from a rope. All right, January 3rd in 1959, Alaska was granted statehood as the 49th state. It was the first new state to be added since Arizona back in 1912. Later that year, of course, we added another one, Hawaii. There's current talk about adding a 51st state, Puerto Rico. We'll see how that goes. Personally, we at Radio Parallax thinks that's a bad idea. And Mr. Millen asks, could it be worse than Texas? To which I'd have to say, well, maybe not, but that's hardly a ringing endorsement. All right, and finally, on January 3rd, In 1973, American political analyst Daniel Ellsberg went on trial. He was indicted for giving the Pentagon Papers to the press. Charges were dropped when it became known that President Richard M. Nixon had ordered burglars to search Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office for material that would discredit him. This first act of the burglars uh, later came to light during the Senate's Watergate hearings, the prime focus of which was the burglars breaking into the Watergate building in D.C. As we've mentioned on this program in the past, what happened during Watergate and why those guys were there, the full story of that, I think, has never been told, in part because the complete story to this day, I think, is not known. We are fascinated by it on this program and have chatted about it before, and we'll probably do so again this year, being that this year will mark the 40th anniversary of those Watergate hearings. And we have every reason to believe that we will be able to bring you Daniel Ellsberg on this program. Mr. Ellsberg has previously appeared on KDVS as part of the Speaking in Tongues program with uh, Ron Glick and Richard Estes. Yours truly was privileged to interview Mr. Ellsberg while working over at Capital Public Radio some years back. And I have every reason to believe we will get him on this show. But he specifically said about two years ago, give me a chance to finish the book I'm working on, which he did last year. I think we're going to do several quotes and quips of the day. Here's Julie was invited to a party where one of the things we were supposed to bring was a quote. By virtue of doing this program where we offer up a quote and a quip every week, I had quite a collection to serve up. So let's do a few. Let's do four or five of each. Quotes, starting with Cicero. Laws are silent in time of war. Sad but true. How about one from novelist William Dean? The secret of a man who is universally interesting is that he is universally interested. Or the historian A.J.P. Taylor. The great virtue of a democracy is that it always thinks its leaders are frightful. Here's one that's pretty contemporary from John Kenneth Galbraith. 
The salary of a chief executive of a large corporation is not a market award for achievement. It is frequently in the nature of a warm, personal gesture by the individual to himself. There's one from Goethe. You can easily judge the character of a man by the way he treats those who can do nothing for him. And from the Iron Chancellor, Otto von Bismarck, people never lie so much as after a hunt, during a war, or before an election. All right, let's do five quips. Here's our oldest one from Socrates. By all means, marry. If you get a good wife, you'll become happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. Speaking of marriage, here's one from Mickey Rooney, married eight times. Or is it nine? I'm not sure. Said Mickey, always get married early in the morning. That way, if it doesn't work out, you haven't wasted the whole day. Speaking of wasting time, Bertrand Russell said, the time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. And two final ones on wealth. First from that great philosopher, Frank Sinatra, who once said, Las Vegas is the only place I know where money really talks. It says goodbye which we think is topped by W.C. Fields, who once said, A fool and his money are lucky to have met in the first place. All right, some jokes. Let's do some jokes that were sent to us. First from Jerry. Said Jerry, I was in a drinking establishment last Saturday, and I'd had a few. I noticed a few very large women sitting over by the bar. They both had pretty strong accents, so I said, Hey, are you two ladies from Ireland? The larger one kind of gave me the stink eye and said, It's Wales, you friggin' idiot. Being a gentleman, I apologized and said, I'm sorry, are you two Wales from Ireland? And uh, that's pretty much the last thing I remember. And here's one sent to us by Jason. A Baptist preacher said, Anyone with some special needs... Anyone needs to be prayed over, please come forward to the front by the altar. With that, Bubba got in the line. When it was his turn, the preacher said, Bubba, what do you want me to pray about for you? Bubba said, Preacher, I need you to pray to help with my hearing. So the preacher put one hand in one of his ears, and he puts the other hand in the other of Bubba's ears and prayed and prayed and prayed. He played a brew streak for Bubba, and the whole congregation joined in with enthusiasm. And after a few minutes, the preacher removed his hand, stood back and said, Bubba, how's your hearing now? Bubba said, I don't rightly know. It ain't till next week. All right, this joke was sent to us by Gary. A guy walks into a crowded bar and whips out a pistol. He announces in a loud voice, I tell you what, I intend to shoot the guy who's been sleeping with my wife. There's a pretty profound silence until some guy in the back shouts out, Dude, I don't think you brought enough ammo. Yes, and as dicey a joke as that is for our uh, present climate in this country, how about this actual quote from Ann Coulter? Apparently asked how it was she thought we could deal with the Occupy Wall Street movement. The always charming and delightful Miss Coulter answered, It just took a few shootings at Kent State to shut that down for good. What a wonderful person, eh? But I think it's no worse than what Sean Hannity said when the subject of Guantanamo came up. Said the Fox News talking head, I'll tell you who should be tortured and killed at Guantanamo. Every filthy Democrat in the U.S. Congress. Fox News. Fair and balanced. 
All right, we have some stats of the day slash year. Let's do a few of those. Starting with 115 years of age, which applies to Jeronimon Kimura, who at age 115 is now the world's oldest living person. Mr. Kimura was born when Queen Victoria still reigned over the British Empire in April of 1897. It's reported that Mr. Kimura now holds the record as the longest living man, was one held, previously held by Christian Mortensen of California, who died in 1998 at the age of 115 years, 252 days. If Mr. Kimura makes it to 116, you'll hear about it here. Some stats from last year, and I really have to start with this one because I do so love it. Apparently, 49% of Republicans in this country think that ACORN stole the election, even though the community organizing group closed in 2012. Although I think we reported during the course of the year that 50% of Americans now own smartphones. I wasn't aware of the fact that 58% of that group check it at least once an hour. And according to the Ipsos polling organization, given the choice, 21% would rather give up sex than their cell phones. Some other stats from this year showing that attitudes about recreational drugs are changing. 82% of Americans believe the U.S. is losing the war on drugs. Duh. And rather encouragingly, 58% of Americans support the legalization of marijuana. I would hasten to add that marijuana, like all drugs, uh, has its downside. But as a physician, I am hard-pressed to think of another recreational drug out there that I can't kill you with. Can you be killed with nicotine? Easily. It's a poison. Can you be killed with alcohol? <laughs> yes, with one long swig, if you're stupid enough. Can you kill somebody with caffeine? Yes, a few dollars worth of caffeine pills can do it. But can you kill somebody with cannabis, marijuana? Well, in fact, no, you can't. I'm not saying that's a strong argument for legalization, but it sure is a good argument against continued criminalization. All right, we got to take a break in a minute here, and I guess uh, we'll close our opening segment with the video sensation that's now <laughs> set the world record for the most viewed video in history. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Now we have to admit, Radio Parallax is a bit baffled by this whole phenomenon, but it, it is a pretty catchy little ditty, isn't it? I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. We got plenty more in the next two segments. Do not touch that dial. <laughs> 